This podcast is sponsored by Agroplante. Imagination, innovation, science in action. As a disclaimer, views expressed in interviews are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent those of my ag life, JCS Marketing, and its employees. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. Today we're talking with Franz Niederholzer, Orchard Systems Advisor for Calusa Sutter and Yuba counties, about important considerations for your almond orchard in the month of April and changes to consider given increased precipitation in 2023. Welcome to the show, Franz. Good morning, Taylor. Thanks. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, it's great to have you back here again. So Franz, April is when almond growers really need to start thinking about their water during the growing season. You know, everything between irrigation sets, water quality, and the drought. But, you know, this year is unique in that the state has received this increased precipitation and, and record snowpack um, with these atmospheric rivers, just historic weather, really. So, you know, how do these conditions change, you know, irrigation strategies, water quality? You know, there's, there's a lot to consider here. Um, very different from last year. Yeah, hugely different. Um, this is one of those years where the calendar really goes out the window because on this date last year, uh, think what your orchard looks like. Looked like where develop where orchard development was. Um, we already had navel orange worm biofix, uh, egg biofix. You know, it was a completely different, same date, different world. Um, you know, the, when they used to a couple of years back, they harvest they planted rice really late, and they were talking about planting rice because nobody thought about planting rice past June first. They were talking about well, it's May thirty fifth today, as far as rice planting goes. Right now, it's you know. It's uh, tomorrow will be April 1st, but it might as well be, you know, March 12th or 15th. As far as the development and the phenology of the, you know, the term that represents the development of the crop over time, um, we're three weeks behind. It was been wet, but it's really been cool. That's the, um, which, and temperature drives development. So it's later than you, than the, cal- the calendar says it's late, but it's it's not as late as you think based on where the where the trees are and the nuts. Certainly. And, you know, does this have the ability, you know, when you're thinking about, a, you know, the bottom line and where prices have been over the last couple of years, I mean, does this have the ability with these conditions um, taken into account to, to actually really affect, you know, the bottom line with, with all of these changes kind of taking place, hitting different areas? I think so. You know, other potentially, it literally depends upon how, how the spring plays out, but um, there's more, there's better quality water available, surface water available, hopefully for, for more growers. I, I don't know the whole state situation, but in the North state, particularly on the West side where, um, the, the federal programs are providing at the moment, I believe 70 to 80% of contract. Um, that means, and, and hopefully maybe a hundred percent we'll, we'll see, but you've got uh, better quality water. You don't have to pump from as deep in many of the situations. So you're saving your water is going to cost less this year. Uh, it's going to be better quality. You're going to have less uh, salinity in the ground, so your your trees are not going to be fighting that 
that added stress, water stress that's really just comes with salinity. Um, it's got the potential to be a, uh, with what comes through this cool, wet spring, um, a, a good year. Um, save on, again, save on cost for water, save on um, soil, soil quality, because you don't have the salt there and the boron. Um, uh, have to be careful about the, if we, if, we, if we have a whiplash year, we're going from cool spring to hot summer. You want to be really thoughtful with your root zone health right now. Um, if the if the trees have been you know in a lot of water, you want to be really careful as to timing of your irrigation so that 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 root zone's got a chance to recover. Uh, check for check with your PCA about phytophthora management strategies. Um, that, you know Jim Aniscavich has done a lot of great work on uh, newer materials, uh, resistance management alternatives for phytophthora in in tree crops. Check with your PCA. Um, you know, consider the cost because I know many growers are certainly up in the Sacramento Valley were hit hard by frost last year, so they're working with limited budgets. Um, you have to decide, you know, given your rootstock um, and the, the wetness situation, uh, what's your risk? Those are things that you can talk to your PCA about. You know, you talk about disease and this this wet environment, it, it creates a more favorable environment um for some of these diseases that really plague growers each year um you know might we see additional applications of, of certain chemicals to kind of compensate for this i mean what how will that really sort out for the rest of the season if if these conditions continue that's a good question and we'll we'll see um i know growers it has been cool and that's great for for reducing disease pressure in general but like everything else there's always a you know, uh, there's some diseases are particularly um, prefer cool temperatures. Um, blossom blast uh, likes cool wet springs. Um, green fruit rot, jacket rot likes cool wet springs. So I'm hearing not much in the way of brown rot, which takes warmer temperatures, 58 degrees and, and above, but uh, jacket rot, which likes those cooler temperatures and some blast showing up. So um, we'll see how the rest of the spring goes. Uh, to date, growers have uh, put some sprays on. I think more lately, as you've got more leaf area out there, if we move to warmer temperatures and we still get rain, those are going to be um, potentially infection periods. Uh, Jim Adeskevich and others point out that, uh, particularly Jim, uh, point out that uh, the big, the most important sprays for rust and scab, uh, shot hole for that matter, are to go on ahead of, or go ahead, go on ahead of rain when you see the very first glimmer of infection in the orchard. When you can find one rust spot, one leaf with rust on it out of a hundred, and there's rain coming, that's the spray you've got to get on. You might have not put one on, and you know, to let that one one spot in. That's okay, but the next one you've got to clean up. Same with when the um, the scab lesions on the on the green shoots start to to sporulate. When uh, that ring, that dark ring, shows up around the lesion, that's a spray that's got to be done ahead of rain. Um, it's the rain that that spreads the infection but if the if you can see the the uh, the uh, spores you can see the the organ organ um, that combination of you know, environment and the presence of the of the organism it's that's the spray you shouldn't miss otherwise it will it will cost you and and finally um although it's getting depending upon the, the right about now um, shot hole if you can see the shot hole on the leaves, and the, and the spordochia, the dark spots in the middle of the shot hole, it hasn't punched out yet, still in there, and rain's coming, there's a risk of, of uh, shot hole getting spread. So 
Um, I don't know if it necessarily calls for more sprays, but it certainly calls for attention to, to those to uh, the, the possible need for it. And in case if if the the spores are there, it's um, it will it will be difficult if it's not taken care of, or the potential for being difficult uh, significant if it's not taken care of. Fantastic! Thanks for those tips, Franz. We're going to be right back after a word from our sponsors. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination, innovation, science in action. Hi, we're back talking with Franz Niederholzer, Orchard Systems Advisor for Calusa Sutter and Yuba Counties about important considerations for your almond orchard in the month of April and changes to consider given this increased precipitation we've been experiencing. Uh, Franz, you know, we, we talk about diseases. There's a lot that can plague growers, but there's also a lot of other pests that can plague growers around this time, namely navel orange worm, some of these large bugs, uh, peach twig borer, and even gophers. Um, you know, any recommendations here? And again, does the precipitation change anything there as well? You know, it, it really doesn't change anything. It, it pushes back um, biofix for both peach twig borer and navel orange worm. Um, always important to get those biofix nailed down and, and keep track of your degree days so you have a, a sense of where the trees are and where the pest is in the orchard. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't guarantee anything. It, it means that it's um, uh, just keep, keep doing what you're doing. Um, especially for, for navel orange worm, these cool wet springs that push back um, biofix. Sometimes if we turn, if we have a turnaround and have a really hot summer, that can put uh, the second generation coming out on your, your new, new um, split nuts. And those years can be tough as far as navel orange worm pressure goes. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it means, you know, talk, work with your PCA and pay attention to it. Uh, PTB is something that should get controlled with, uh, with navel orange worm. Um, but keep to keep an eye on it. True bugs are are a big issue, uh, whether they're um, leaf footed plant bugs or or um, uh, stink bugs. Um, again, the cooler spring may may change the timing of, of the appearance of those bugs if you have them commonly in your orchards. Um, but just to keep an eye out for them and and uh, look look at the nuts and look you know, look look for them in the orchard. Their their arrival time may be different, and if you're if you have a history of of a brown spot or brown spot on your nuts um, at harvest, if your processor showed you showed you damage, it's really important to pay attention to it because it's an increasing problem of off grade, and um, you know, there's not too many things you can do about them, and and uh, being proactive uh, or getting after them when you first see them in the orchard is going to be critical to getting to minimizing damage. If if you have not everybody has them, but uh, can be a real problem if you do. Certainly, mites too. If we if we get if it stays cool in the spring, mites hopefully won't be much of an issue. But if it turns around and gets hot um, and the root zone stressed from a, a wet winter, and the so the tree's ability to get moisture is reduced, again, just pay attention to your mites always. 
And with the mites fronts, can can you maybe remind anyone that's listening what are some of the things that increase mite pressure just to kind of uh, you know be aware of temperature, which often relates just to to uh, water stress and heat stress in the orchard, but hot springs often push um, two spot or um, a Pacific spider mite uh, populations up. Um, having a PCA that that looks for them. Um, you know, if you have a, if you've got stress in the orchard from moisture, from standing water this spring, um, and the trees can't get water, they're going to be water stressed in the in the summer. Those are things to to pay attention to. Along the roads, of course, where the dust comes in, that's um, that's an issue. If you've got a lot of gophers in the field and you're mowing and the the, the flails kicking up a lot of dust, that can 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 contribute to uh, the mite outbreaks. Um, temperature. Temperature drives the turnover, uh, the population of the mites to hot springs into hot summers. Um, red flags for mites, not again, and 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 especially because the the beneficials can the the six spotted thrips and the and the beneficial mites, predatory mites, they can catch up when we have these roller coaster springs where it's hot, but then it cools off and it's hot and it cools off. But if it's just hot, um, especially when we get into June and July, when if we turn a corner and and you can't see a break in the weather. That's a, a red flag for to at least to look hard for mites. Certainly, Franz. One other thing I want to talk about: uh, non-pasture disease related uh, is nitrogen. You know, April is a pretty good time for during the season to assess how large the almond crop um, is and and how much it, it'll yield at the end of the season. And you know, adjusting your nitrogen fertilizer budget um, to account for that estimation. You know, how can a grower actually accurately measure that it, it at least for me it's very hard to to estimate a crop as it once the and right now there things are so slow it's hard to know which which ones are going to make and which ones aren't you're starting to get a hint um as we get into april you should see things differentiate you know the stuff that's going to get big the stuff that just sits there even if it hasn't fallen off yet you know there if the size differences become greater you can tell which is staying and which isn't um a lot of growers at this time are struggling to to get nitrogen to the crop because, you know, um, usually people have the, at least their first nitrogen treatment on by now. Uh, but until you know what you've got, it's hard to spend the money, uh, especially since it's it, uh, with the rainfall we've had recently. It, if you put it in the ground, there's no guarantee it's going to stay there. I know some some growers and PCAs have put on um, low bio low biuret ureas or, or potassium nitrate or you know, some sort of foliar treatments in with their uh, fungicides to try to spoon feed things to get to get the trees through to um, once the uh, soil will take some nitrogen and, and and not get flushed with a big rain event. So um, leaf samples or uh, visual visual observations, leaf samples. Um, UC's got their their ESP early season protocol for leaf sampling. That's forty five days after full bloom of nonpareil, give or take a few days. Um, that will. If you follow their protocol closely, you can get us, the, the program will estimate for you where you'll be at um, at harvest or in your in your July samples. And if you're low now and you're projected to be low, then that would could suggest um, you've got a big crop because the crop is such a big nitrogen um, sink. You know, there's so much nitrogen that ends up in the crop. Um, so those are those are things. There's no, I'm not aware of any guaranteed, uh, you know. Uh, services that will estimate your crop uh, that, that proved out, but experienced growers will know 
generally where they are. And um, I know I know more and more growers are looking at leaf nitrogen levels in June to fine tuning things as you get closer, trying to stay away from uh, super high levels that you end up with hull rot, uh, and also not shorting yourself and, and um, limiting uh, nut size and and uh, uh, return bloom for next year. If you, if you do go deficient, that could be a problem. And not and not and keep track of knowing your crop size is going to help you with your potassium program too. Um, uh, things are tight, but but staying away from um, deficiency. You know, one percent leaf K in in July is um, is deficient, and that will hurt you with flower numbers next year and potential yield. So uh, again, that's the summertime leaf levels can give you an idea of where you're of, of, uh, where you are sit relative to July, and if you're getting low um, by May or June. A little bit of, of potassium can help you keep away from deficiency and uh, have a good have a good crop, and hopefully we get to a situation where, we, where our growers can afford to invest in, in uh, uh, you know good agronomic rates of, of potassium. It's hard to do that now. Definitely. Well, Franz, thank you for um, you know all of these recommendations for for April. Certainly, a lot to consider. Um, again, like you said, very different from last year. Um, the rain is great, uh, of course, but it does pose, you know, a certain number of considerations when when thinking about management this year. So thank you for clarifying that and for coming on the show as usual and providing these recommendations. We always appreciate you being here. Taylor, thank you very much. Always great to talk with you and, and um, appreciate the time. Fantastic. This is Taylor Charles from My Ag Life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for updates, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.